the story of Merced is far more interesting than the story of the sisters mm -hmm. and that they should go visit a Main Street dispensary because the sheriff's department insisted it would be the end of the world. And it's not. It's been good for Merced. Yeah. Merced's got park money and Merced's never looked better. Yeah, and yeah. that they should go to a Main Street dispensary and that I would arrange for a chief of police who's pro-cannabis to be there, and I did. A city council member who's pro-cannabis, and I did. And a dispensary owner, obviously, from Main Street to be there. So BBC yeah. went from our place to them and then extended their stay here an extra day because the police chief talked him into going to Gustine to visit a big grow, a proper grow, they say, it compared to our little weenie grow. <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Blaker Brewing, the official beer of the podcast. Located in Atwater and Ceres, this brewery offers not only delicious tasting beer, but great events that bring the whole community together. So on October 8th and 14th, make sure that your calendars are cleared for Blaketoberfest 2022. The Atwater one will be happening October 8th, and the Ceres one will be happening October 14th. There will be beer, games, live music, cocktails, Stein challenges, and so much more. In order to get the tickets, make sure you visit their Instagram accounts. It's at Blaker Brewing or at Blaker Tarmac. Click the link in their bio, and you can purchase tickets right there. Now, and it is October, you guys, so if you guys are in the mood for a spooky season and you want some fall-tasting beer, then look no further than the Blaketoberfest Merzen. I believe I said that right. <laughs> Merzen. I looked up a pronunciation right before this. And uh, the Peanut Butter Vanilla Bean Milk Stout. Both those are available for a limited time, so make sure you guys get those and check out Blaker Brewing here in Atwater and Ceres. This podcast is brought to you by WorkNet and the Merced County Workforce Development Board. On this podcast, we often talk about how people from the Central Valley made it, either starting their own business or in changing a career. And what WorkNet Merced does is they provide people with career advice, job information, and training they might need to change careers or to start that business. WorkNet services are provided through Merced County, and they are completely free. So if you guys have any information about this at all, please visit WorkNetMerced.com. They are completely free, like I said, and they have helped hundreds of people and small businesses every year. Once again, please check them out at WorkNetMerced.com. This podcast is brought to you by Creepy Kawaii Designs, a locally owned art gallery located at 1742 Canal Street in downtown Merced. Creepy Kawaii features art, spray paint, events, clothing, Asian import snacks, and a lot more. Now, when I say events, she's always putting on for the art community in Merced and the whole community in general. So if you guys want to see what she's been doing recently, go follow her on Instagram. That's at Creepy Kawaii Designs. Once again, that's at Creepy Kawaii Designs. And you can check out more information about the shop at www.creepykawaiidesigns.com. Thanks again, Patty. This podcast is brought to you by the Sisters of the Valley. Located right here in the heart of the Central Valley, these sisters make homegrown healing products, CBD salves, tinctures, oils, and mushroom coffee. They believe that you need to heal your body the safe way, the way nature intended it. All these products work amazing. I constantly use their CBD-infused oil, and their CBD salve is my go-to absolute favorite. If I'm sore at all, if anything's aching, I put that on, and it helps it. And if you guys want to support the Sisters of the Valley, please visit their website, sistersofthevalley.org, or follow them on Instagram, at Sisters of the Valley. Thanks again, sisters.
Thanks for tuning in to Central Valley Podcast. I am your host, Micah Dealey. And if you're new around here, this is a show where we highlight the talented individuals who live within the Central Valley of California, as well as people in general who are passionate about what they do. We have merch people. So we have these cool hats. We have our almond allergies and asthma shirts. And both of those are for sale at Bobby's Market in Merced. That is... Uh, connected to El Capitan Hotel, so that's the location of that. And then we also have them on our, on our if you go to my Instagram, hit the visit shop, I have them for sale right there, and we're going to be doing a, a pop-up in November as well. So stay tuned for that, and I'll give you guys more information as well. Now let's just jump into today's episode. So today, the guest of the podcast is the Sisters of the Valley, but the musical performance of the podcast is Feli Rodriguez, and she is about to play a beautiful song for you guys as this intro, and then a beautiful song for you guys for the outro. And Feli is just such a talented person. She officiated our wedding and played a song at our wedding. She played Here Comes My Girl While Lindsay Walked Down the Aisle. It was such a beautiful, beautiful song. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is Feli Rodriguez. What's up, Central Valley? My name is Feli Rodriguez, and this is my little version of Jeff Buckley, Hallelujah. So I hope you enjoy. Heard there was a secret chord that David played in her please, Lord, but you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffle king composing, hallelujah, 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 Ooh, yeah. Well, your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her. i 
Well done, Feli. Well done. Such a beautifully played and beautifully sang song. I truly, truly appreciate you coming on this podcast. And if anybody out there is interested in hiring Feli for, you know, events, for a vendor fair, for your wedding, what for some background music at an event, whatever it may be, feel free to hit her up. Her Instagram is linked below and her phone number is 209-355-9911. Once again, it's 209-355-9911. And you guys can hire Feli for your event or vendor fair or whatever you guys might need some live music for. She's a very talented person. I cannot recommend her enough. Now let's just jump into today's episode. Today I'm joined by the Sisters of the Valley, or you might have, may have heard of the Weed Nuns, and that is who has come on the podcast. This is their second appearance on the podcast, and in this podcast we kind of go over everything we talked about on the first one, who they are, how it came to be, and then we also just talk about some past experiences. I've gone on a road trip with them all the way from the Bay Area to San Diego, and you know we, we talked about a whole bunch of different things, whether it's like the first time they got high, what, what they're doing what their what new products are coming out like their mushroom coffee and their mushroom kits and, and just how they've been on the forefront of a lot of different things and it was just a great conversation I truly truly enjoyed it and I'm gonna quit talking and just cut to the podcast you guys so without further ado ladies and gentlemen please give it up for the sisters of the valley hey shout out Sister Valley podcast this is it real talk and what not here we are, Sisters of the Valley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're already rolling. We're already rolling. Yes. Yeah. Right. So thank you, ladies, for coming. I appreciate it. So you guys are the Sisters of the Valley, right? Yes, we are. And uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves for people who may not know who you are? Okay, I'm Sister Kate. I'm Sister Sophia. And I'm Sister Maria. All righty. And we've, like, linked up and gotten to know each other really well. We've even... Traveled some <laughs> some long times together. We met your family. We met your friends. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I, it's, it's just really cool that I've gotten to know you guys so well. We've gotten to work together, and Thank I just uh, appreciate. Oh, we went on the green tour. Yeah, together. that's what I'm saying. I'm saying mm-hmm. we spent like time together. We had yeah. to eat time. bad food together on the road. Bad food. Ab- oh, the <laughs> the one uh, motel or a hotel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say it really. Cool. <laughs> yeah, hey, but San Diego made up for fun. it. San Diego yes. is nicer and a couple days off, and it, it was, was such a great time. Belmont Park. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, we got that the, was so much fun. I w- yeah, the bumper cars with the... Pull up a bumper... Uh, type in nuns and bumper cars. Right. Has uh, it, so he's like here, so if we ever want him to look up anything, oh. he'll look up stuff, and he's just keeping control of like... Check that the, out. Yeah. Do we show up when it's you... very interactive. That? I don't know. Let's uh, find out. No, but there's the greeting card, Kate. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's just that first one, or uh, go to the top. Like, So we recreate, basically tried to recreate that photo when we went there. Yeah. But that was so fun. I didn't know that photo existed until we got back afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah. And do you ladies want to join? No, I'm good, actually. No, I'm all right. Wow. Yeah. All righty. No worries. Thank you, But though. thank you. Of course, uh-huh. of course. Uh, how about CBD wine? Would you guys like to try that? I would like to try some. All right. They are a sponsor of the podcast, Crybaby Wine. Okay. Where is that Thank made? Thank you, Crybaby uh, Wine. Oh, okay, that's cool. Central Love Valley made. Yes, Central Valley made. With Central Valley grown wine. Thank you. I mean, grapes. Of course. Would you like one as well? Yes. All right. Smaller than hers. All right, no problem. There you go. How about you, Sister Maria? No, I'm good. Thank you. All righty. I'm going to have some one of these as well. Prost. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> So, uh, how did you guys get to the Central Valley? Like, how did how did how did you guys get here? 
I got, I think you're going to get a different story with every sister. So okay. I'll try to give Let's, you the short story for Sister Kate. And then we can go through everybody yes, else. Yes, we can go through the other sisters. But uh, for me, I was going through a bad divorce. My brother went through a bad divorce. We had five kids between us. He had a business here, an electronics repair business. I consulted. And so we decided that I would relocate to California versus him coming to me. And when I came to California, the laws were just changing on cannabis. And so he and I decided decided to uh, sprout a collective, a legal collective that we could deliver to sick and dying patients. And that's how I sort of found my calling with the plant. Well, for me, it was kind of like a roundabout way. Actually, I came to the Valley to meet Sister Kate and the other sisters at the time to start up my business under the name brand Sisters of the Valley. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after courting with them and and listening to them and watching them, I learned a lot. And then in 2019, took my vows and moved to Willows, California and opened up my wholesale business underneath the parent name. Mm-hmm. However, got spanked silly the first year with um, the loss of banking and also the loss of um, processing, payment processing. And then the second year of business was COVID. <laughs> and Sister Kate opened up her Yeah, arms like, like and it was like farm. a year into COVID, right? Yes. That I called her and said, What are we doing? I'm practically alone down here, yes. and you're practically alone up there. Yeah, I know, huh? So many yes. people flew the coop during the pandemic. Like, it was either too stressful for them, and they just, their rails went off the edge, or many of them are healers that were called to us. And so then, big surprise when their family members are old or immune uh, system challenged and need them. So we lost a third of our members to crazy, I would say, and a third to healing missions with elderly or sick people in very far away from us where they couldn't keep a foot in both camps. And so that, at that point, I like called Sister Sophia and said, what are we doing? This is crazy. We have to get together. And we did. Yeah. And especially during that time when everybody was alone, it was just like, yeah. sometimes you're like, I just Super difficult. somebody to talk to at yeah. my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Sister Maria. I found Sister Kate on um, Facebook, actually, probably 2017. Uh, Came to visit twice. Uh, COVID hit, and I decided that, well, we, it was the same thing. What are we all doing? We should be together. Because you were kind of doing the similar thing in New Zealand, right? Yeah. She had been operating her own store in New Zealand. She couldn't make our products, so she used our brand and made her own products with local roots and with hemp. With, with hemp root, which she could get by with. And that's because in New Zealand, everything except the root is? Oh, yeah, everything's, everything's illegal, illegal now. They're uh, insane. Now. They're insane. They're yeah, the, it's like... Same energy yeah. of Nazi Germany, but yeah. whatever. Anyway, the thrill of busting people over seeds. But anyway, she did that for many, many years, and then during COVID, we started talking about same thing. Yep. Can you come here? And But with her, we had to go through immigration. Yeah. Yeah. Say, you guys were, are you, I remember when I first started coming around, you guys were like, keep on telling me about Sister Maria. I was like, who 18 is 18 months, right? Yep. 18 months. Years. And yeah. what did we pay the lawyers? About $3,500 or something like yes. that, all told? 6 k And, um, oh, really? Was it that much? Okay. So we paid a lot of money and uh, waited a very long time to get permission for her to come. But it was just made official in the last two weeks, right? Yeah, pretty she much. She just got back from, she had so to go back. So you got, like, your visa and everything yeah. as well? Stamp, She's got everything. a two-year. We requested a three-year. We did. We made it a two-year. So whatever. I guess that's the penalty for being in... <laughs> 
<laughs> coming to weed nuns. But at least they approved it. Yeah. And that was a new for us because we've tried it before and we've gotten no, no, hell no. Oh, really? And um, so yes, like the daughter of a yeah. diplomat in Nigeria wanted his daughter to come and stay with us for a month or two and learn about the plant and learn about cannabis, uh, California's. What's happening to California? Are we Sodom and Gomorrah because we legalized <laughs> cannabis? And, you know, I would try to help and get no, no, hell no. So often uh, we were denied when we tried these kind of things. This with Maria it was worth spending the six, $7,000 with the attorneys because now she's here for a couple of years. And the next in two years, we're just going to renew. Because yeah, you can renew at that point. Right. You it's already have the paperwork and yep. everything yes. else. Then we'll just that. keep renewing and we'll keep sending her home to do the renewal and keep her here with us. That's the plan. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, like, I, I don't know. I like hearing you guys' story, even though like I kind of know it. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I like to be refreshed of it. And so... Um, well, you should know we change them from time to time just yeah. to mess with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Though I do feel like we got to know each other pretty well in the Green Tour. So why don't we talk about the Green Tour, kind of what that was all about? Yes. Well, the Green Tour was really a mission on our part to let everybody know that after six years of us testing our soil and our water and our products every year annually, very expensively, uh, mercury and lead started to show up. And and it didn't show up just in our California soil and California-grown plant, but in Nevada-grown plant. So all of the products and plant we used from Colorado came out clean, and that was about uh Five of 11 products, six products that had plant or concentrate from Nevada and the Central Valley had mercury and lead in them. So I guess no one seems very upset about it. I tried to reach out to agriculture and everything. And I just think everybody puts in a reverse osmosis system and calls it a day, which we did, too. It mm -hmm. takes the mercury and lead out of our soil. But it's alarming to me that after six years, I mean, I don't know if many people can say they do the testing we do and that we could see clean, 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 clean. Oops, everything's dirty. So something changed or the the soil has reached its tolerance limit for what we're doing to it and what we're putting in it. And it's also happening in Nevada. So the Green Tour was us about taking that on the road to, and talking to people. And the dispensaries hosted us so we didn't have to pay for expensive venues. We just went from dispensary to dispensary, from Oakland to San Jose to Puerto Wainimi, which is northern L.A., and then L.A. and then San Diego yeah. and then came home exhausted. But it was great yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. And then so uh, how did the, the medicine making start? Like when did you guys really start making medicine? And was it start with the salves and move on to other things or how did that work? So um, after my brother and I had run a collective for three or four years together and I knew something and I realized that uh, THC and delivering uh, psychotropic medicine would always be a local business. And that if I wanted to grow something that was a cross-border international business, no offense to the people of the Central Valley, but I'm kind of an international girl. If I wanted that, I had to get away from psychotropic completely. So starting with the CBD was the same as starting with the sisterhood. To me, it's the same thing. I started the CBD line and making my first batch of salves. And this is very funny because I didn't know anything about growing. So I called my son at university at Fresno and said, honey, do you mind if I rent your room to a grower? 
And mm. he's like, wait, what? I still come home on the week. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm just going to shift you over to share with your sister <laughs> temporarily because I need a grower here. And so I rented his room to a grower. And that way I got to know him and other growers that he grew with. And they're all, at least in these days, I don't know, they're all like very good men, but they're very sexist. And when I was making my salves and oils out of my first crop, they'd all come in and say, oh, Katie, that's so cute. Oh, look, they t treated me like I was little Dolly Madison, mm -hmm. just having a ha hobby here with my salves. In my mind, I was planning to launch a multi-million dollar business, mm -hmm. but I couldn't tell them that. And if I would start to open my mouth, they'd all talk over me. So it was like, I would just shrug and sigh and be like, okay, this is just a case of I have to show them. And so it started with me sitting down and deciding I was gonna make these by the cycles of the moon. And I was going to have a ritual where the medicines were always made from new moon to full moon. I did some studying. I tried to figure out what our ancestors would have done. And then, because it was just me, and I never wanted, I don't know, for some reason I was a, afraid I might be accused of fraud if I didn't have somebody witness me doing the new moon blessing and the full moon blessing. So my son, who was just out of recovery, um, I would drag him out there and he'd sit on a lawn chair and chain smoke cigarettes while I would be under the moon doing a ceremony and making him witness it so that I, no one could ever say I didn't do it for every batch of medicine. And what year was that? Like how long ago that? That was uh, 2014, the fall of 2014. So fall 2014, that was like my first crop. It, like, it was born at least like you know yes. what I mean the idea of it and yes. everything and else. so I was making the medicine with crop that I harvested in the fall of 2014 and labeling it and getting stuff ready to launch January of 2015 and indeed did launch January of 2015 okay and then when did when did the nun well, that was already, I was, was already, already doing it. I was okay. already doing it, but I was rather in Sister Occupy world. Okay, gotcha. I was still rather Sister Occupy. I really didn't think anybody was going to join me. <laughs> I mean, it seemed ludicrous. Now you got these and, two uh, ladies uh, with you. And more, right? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe better yet, I felt like they would join me, but I would have to just walk a clean walk and do this as honorably as I can, and then I would attract the right women. I yeah. did, I kind of always believed they would come. Yeah. And they did. And mm -hmm. they did. And so, uh... The sisterhood, so the sisterhood was born from like Sister Occupy, and that was was that kind of you going to different like uh, protests, protests, and right. things like that. You were as a nun. I was as a nun, although I was wearing the traditional black and white, and I was. I, everybody would say, you know, once people got to know me and what I stood for, they'd say you need to formalize this, and I'd be like, no, no, you don't understand. When one person puts on religious garb, that's insane. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You don't want to join an insane person. This is an angry protest act. It's not meant to be an organized anything. It's just me making a statement. So it started out with me explaining that, but then over time it led to discussions of what if a new age order of nuns were born today, what would that look like? And then that led every protest I was at, that discussion would come up because I wanted to know what women thought about that and what their answers were. And of course, they all lean to religion and they all lean to nonprofit. And that's part of the same syndrome women have where orgasms make them stupid, nonprofits <laughs> make them stupid, where they give away their rights, give away their powers, give away their sweat to a committee that gets to decide and they don't have something to hand down to their children. So I had to talk them out of religion. I had to talk them out of nonprofits. And I had to talk them into property ownership because 
I believe that the organic way to heal the planet is to have women own and control everything. And a great many of the men completely agree because they're just as tired of the business as usual with the patriarchy. So, and also because we believe that the women never leave and never must leave the men behind where that's not necessarily true with men and women have suffered the brunt of all poverty Mm -hmm. for 2000 years. So Anyway, I think I'm off subject. No, 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 that's okay. Well, you said 2,000 years. I was going to say, oh, uh, we could we could kind of transition into, like, psychedelics and Christianity, because this is something we had talked about. Uh, yes, when, yes. Uh, this makes people very angry, though. <laughs> Just, you know. I mean, I mean it, does. You, you it makes them angry go, because yeah, we, we boil it all down yeah. and simplify it all down, and Christianity uh, banned anything psychotropic from plants Christianity banned shrooms and banned cannabis and Christianity uh, has been at that for a very very long time so you you can't not say that they're the reason because they made the laws they had the control they uh, they're the reason why people had to hide it and do it underground and why we had a black market so it's not that, you know, we shouldn't forgive it. A lot of them are smoking now and they're on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to cut them some slack, those Christians. But I mean, I always like on social media, people say, what are you feeding your plants? And my answer is Christians. And I and partly it's because I've, I've had to <laughs> I've had to go in front of city councils and have every Christian bozo come up and speak against the plant. Not anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm talking seven and yeah, ten years I was ago. Say back when the day. Fresno, my God, pulled out every old priest and every crusty old minister and anybody in a collar to come out and shake their hands and say how it was going to be the end of the world when we let dispensaries into our towns. Now so they're thanking them with all the those Christians tax- stopped cannabis plant freedom Mm -hmm. and the christians i think are going to be quieter this time about the shrooms it seems like they may have learned their lesson because i don't see the priests coming out and shaking their hands against that and shaking their fingers in san francisco or in oakland Mm. where it's all in fact i heard somebody recently told me that shrooms have been legal in california since february of 2021 if you have a doctor's permission or a doctor telling you you should have it. Oh, and really? I did not know that. If, if that happened, it's certainly been kept a quiet secret. Yeah, yeah. I you think... can fact check it first, Mike. I don't know. Oh, there we go. D- that's why he's here. Duffy, yeah. <laughs> fact check it. <laughs> and so I was going to say, let's talk about each of your guys' connection with the plant. So how did you guys each come to, like, know the plant, and, and what is your connection with it? So we'll talk to this. So me first? Okay. Well, uh, mine was about 20. 18 years ago with my daughter um, having stage 4 cancer at the age of 3 and a 20% chance of living and I as a parent couldn't fathom the idea of losing my daughter to this cancer that had you know taken over her Mm -hmm. lungs 30 30 tumors in her lungs and a giant tumor in her liver and And how old was she she was 3 years old Mm -hmm. they told me she would not live past December past Christmas and to just celebrate her life and I, I said hell no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen and I made a connection in California it was illegal at the time in Michigan and I knew that I was taking on a lot meaning I could lose my daughter to cancer I could lose her to CPS, CPS yeah. mm-hmm. and get you know incarcerated and you know bye bye and lose it all 
I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. So I got a hold of the pure plant oil and started giving my daughter the pure plant oil. And uh, slowly got connected with more people in California. And, um, you know, a few months after I started administering that, she was still going through chemo. She didn't have any radiation. The doctor on December 31st, her oncologist, called me and said, you have to sit down. And I said, no, I'm not going to sit down. If this is bad news, just tell me. Tell me the bad news. And she said, no, actually. And she started crying. She goes, we don't know how this happened so quickly and so profusely through her system. Her 35 tumors are gone in her lungs, and we can't explain it. Dang. And I sat down and I cried. Yeah. And then a few months after that, they walked into the room after her huge resection surgery, which removed the biggest tumor in her body, which was on her liver. And they resected the, the liver as well just to make sure that all the cancer was out. They came to me. It was March 4th. Her oncologist said, you're, you're not going to believe this. And I said, you know what? Just, what? Just <laughs> tell me. She said, your daughter's in remission. Wow. And that was, so she was three when that was all happening? Yes, and she was four when she uh, was deemed in remission. And then seven years later, she was cured Dang. of stage four hepatoblastoma. You know, I just have to say this about the medical establishment. The stories aren't out now, but I give it another 10 years as the laws change in Europe and other places. We're going to start hearing the stories of how the medical establishments have made themselves look like total idiots. There is a home in Germany where children go to die of leukemia. And every child that ever goes to this home dies of leukemia. And one little girl didn't die of leukemia. And the doctors are all spinning their tails because the mother can't tell them that she's been given her daughter pure plant oil. Mm -hmm. And, of course, she lived and, of course, she recovered and, of course, she released. Which means all those children don't have to go to that hospital to die. All of those children don't have to die. And the doctors, what are they doing? Scratching their heads, studying the water she drank, studying the pajamas <laughs> yeah, yeah. she wore, studying the popsicles she had to see what might have caused her leukemia to go away. And so I look forward to the media and Netflix and the people that are in Amazon Prime and Sony and the people who are digging in and making us really good series right yeah. now telling these stories about how stupid the medical establishment is because the laws make it criminal so the people can't tell. Well, it's like they'd rather prescribe drugs that are going to be at people addicted. Yeah, than or, or just, just give not a being life. able to guess that the mother's giving them cannabis. Yeah. Come on, guys. Like, yeah. what else? We don't have fairy wands. Mm -hmm. right. I agree. So I that agree. was my initiation into the world of cannabis in a very illegal way, and I didn't give a damn. Yeah. saving my daughter. Yeah, yeah, Right, exactly. and I would do it all over again. Oh, of course. Of and then course. I, I made a promise that one day when I was ready and willing, when my daughter was, you know, old enough, I would find a place in this world to give back. And that's where Sister Kate stepped in. Oh, that's awesome. I saw her on Facebook. It was a 60-second blip. <laughs> and really? I did not look back. I gave it all up. I said goodbye. Damn. <laughs> I am really? leaving. The daughter, ironically, <laughs> that she saved from cancer didn't speak to her for six months for becoming a Oh, really? Oh, we got yeah. through that, didn't we? Yeah. Well, now she's I, in LA. I even got a met her, you know, met her you in did. LA. Yeah, and that's everything right. else. So it was really cool to see her yeah. and everything. So it's that's our hazing. That's pretty funny. And how about you, Sister Maria? Um, I've, I've had a close relationship with cannabis from quite a young age. I smoked quite young and smoked continuously most of my life it's mm -hmm. kind of like my dirty little secret 
and you know, it's not a secret anymore. Yeah. Well, New Zealand was like that. Yeah. Oh so yeah, especially over there. It was just yeah. something you didn't tell anyone, and I still had really good jobs and did great, powerful things. But my dirty little secret was my cannabis, mm-hmm. and like you know, I did some pretty amazing things. I went to London and worked for Pepsi, and it's great sponsorship deals with the Spice Girls, things like that. Oh, okay. And was secretly smoking cannabis every night. So the lies, in, so the point is, the lies in England and the lies in Europe aren't stopping people from smoking cannabis. They're just keeping it illegal. Yeah, basically. And unsafe. Yeah. And open Black to market. people putting drug, other drugs Anything. inside and spiking it with PCP or something else. I see, I see. It's wild. Uh, and so my next question is, like, uh, how do you guys think marijuana has influenced, like, culture and society today? Like, from, you know, because I, I feel like it, like you guys grew up, like, uh, like differently than me in the sense of, like, you you guys got to, like, live through, the, like, the 70s, 80s and stuff like that. So you saw, like, when cannabis first came in and then, you know, all the Reagan laws and every or Nixon or Reagan? Reagan? Yeah, Reagan. Both the laws, the both Reagan, the laws. Yeah, all of them had their war on drugs. Yeah, war Nixon on drugs. Yeah, really. So how has how the transition of it all? How do you? What is I your was um, for me. I lived. Uh, I came from a family of six children. My older three brothers would have never touched cannabis, but the three younger of us all three did. And when the family would try to shame us over it, then we would shame them back over their pills and dare them to open their purses and show us the pills they're taking. And that usually stopped the conversation because the people who are most vocal about being anti-cannabis in those dark days were taking pills or alcohol and, and themselves. And so we would just would not, we knew, my brother and my sister and I all knew that this was better than alcohol. We knew we didn't need a scientist to tell us. We didn't need any studies. We knew that this was healthier and a better way to get your relaxation on a Friday or Saturday night than drinking yourself to a point of of forgetting your problems. And so uh, for me, living through that time wasn't a problem because I was a white woman in the business world. And I I probably looked like a Karen. And so I would bra- I would brag that I smoked my weed at every major airport because I traveled a lot. And I would find the cops and then just stand up wind with that because nobody goes and smokes weed by the cops. But yeah. I would because I looked like a white girl, Karen. Like, I, could I do think stuff. they're over there. Yeah, like. I, could do, I could do stuff like that. Yeah. And I made a game of doing it. And I, I made a game of making my corporate clients have weed there for me. Like if they wanted me to take a consulting assignment, well, you have to have an ounce of weed waiting for me then in my because I'm not traveling with it. So in my day, because I was a consultant and I was well paid, um, I could demand that my clients have it available for me wherever I travel. There's more than one Marriott I checked to with, uh, into with a very thick envelope at the front desk. I'm like, oh, I didn't think they were going to just leave it there. So for me, I could break the rules. Unfortunately, a black woman or a Hispanic person or anybody with color wouldn't have that privilege. And I see that now, and it makes me really sad. So for me, I always look back and think I was damn lucky just to be a white girl during Prohibition, mm-hmm. or I would have suffered in big ways. And and now I think that being in California and seeing the transition and seeing I could never have imagined when I argued for plant freedom that it would change everything so much and make our society so much more compassionate. 
I tribute the cannabis plant to the fact that our cops now see anybody talking to themselves on the street not as a, a, a nutbag or a druggie, but as somebody who has mental illness. And the cannabis plant brought that awareness of mental illness and a more gentler approach by our sheriffs and our cops. The cannabis plant freedom came with a bunch of activists who are also social activists. And those same activists called Sheriff Warnke out for calling ISIS every time he released a Mexican that he couldn't charge with anything. And guess what? He quit doing it. So there's things like this that have made this place much more nice, much more tolerable. Mm-hmm. I once had to deliver cannabis to an old Mexican couple whose son, who's 18 years old, had had two grams on him and got jacked up and had a an ankle bracelet. And I had to step past him on the porch, chain smoking tobacco and downing beers for his anxiety in order to deliver cannabis to his parents inside. That shit doesn't happen anymore. Also, people used to threaten their spouses on custody and bully their spouses over cannabis. The courts ruled that can't happen anymore. They don't care anymore about cannabis. Don't bring it into custody cases. So that has made custody more, more fair. So we've gotten California, since I've gotten here, has gotten nicer kinder, uh, a more aware and woke police force and a kinder police force and sheriffing that I see happening because I've never seen them so in tune to mental illness as they are now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the lesson for other societies is they need to freaking hurry up yeah. and get on the bandwagon and save their people. No, I agree. And it's crazy to me that like back then weed was categorized with meth, with mm. heroin, with, you know, all these dr- you know, like when you see somebody on the street and they're like tripping out or something like that, you know it's not marijuana. But back right. then they were like, no, that could be, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, exactly. But it was all very just racist motivated. Mm-hmm. It meant to take land from Mexicans. That's mm-hmm. really where it started. Yeah. Well, now it seems like a good time to talk about how this podcast is brought to you by Marcus Rodriguez. If you're looking to buy or sell your home in this competitive market and you're not too sure where to start, look no further than Merced's preferred realtor, Marcus Rodriguez. He'll make the process go as easy as possible, and you can find him at 209-554-1715. Once again, that's 209-554-1715. Visit his website, www.myagentmarcus.com, or email him, info at myagentmarcus.com. Thanks again, Marcus. This podcast is brought to you by Crybaby Wine. Proudly located in Fresno, California, Crybaby Wine offers you your favorite delicious-tasting wines like Chardonnay, Cabernet, and everything in between. Not only do they offer these great-tasting wines, but they also have delicious de-alcoholized CBD wine. Infused with CBD and CBG, these wines help reduce anxiety and alleviate stress. And for the first time, you guys, we have a special code. So if you type in CVP at checkout, once again, that's CVP at checkout, you can get 10% off your order. So please do that when you guys check out. CVP is the code, and you can find their products at crybabywine.com. Once again, that's crybabywine.com. If you live in Fresno, you'll receive free delivery. And once again, it is crybabywine.com, you guys. Go follow them on Instagram, too, at crybabywinecalifornia. Thanks again, Crybaby. What am I doing with my finger? You guys started using cannabis. You guys each kind of talked about that. And then you guys also recently have been getting into mushrooms, right? In the mushroom kits. Yes, well, you can't. You'd have to be 
blind and stupid and asleep not to miss the science on the mushrooms (laughs) now. I mean, it's everywhere. And it started with my daughter coming back from L.A. during the pandemic and saying she went in to get a cup of coffee and they didn't have a coffee bean coffee in the whole place. So she went into a coffee shop that only had mushroom coffees. That was fascinating to me. I'm like, whatever happens in L.A., you know, (laughs) there goes the rest of the California and then there goes the world. So I started researching mushrooms because I was already... Look, when the pandemic happened, we all thought we were going to die, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm smoking way less and exercising way more and taking all kinds of things that were good for me, including six different kinds of mushrooms. They were functional mushrooms, not the shrooms that make you trip. Mm-hmm. Functional mushrooms, reishi, lion's mane, tiger's tail, shiitake, chaga, mushrooms that are good for you. And I started taking them. So then... The watching during the pandemic, the science on the mushrooms coming out, not only just the functional mushrooms, but the shrooms. Yeah, of course. We not only developed our own functional mushroom coffee during the pandemic that is very popular already called Super 17 because it's got 17 ingredients and it has uh, six functional mushrooms plus ashwagandha root. And we designed it for mood stabilization after an ex-Catholic nun stole a car and ran away. That's another story. But we designed it we'll, for we'll mood. We'll swing back to that. that. We designed it for <laughs> mood stabilization. At the after we got going on that, we started paying attention to the psychedelics and microdosing the psychedelics. And if you microdose, you don't experience anything trippy. Mm-hmm. And so that for that trust that we're all in and anything that because we don't even use cannabis to escape. We have good lives. We're our own bosses. So Mm -hmm. we don't have anything to escape. But the health benefits, I think, of microdosing the shrooms, the the psychedelic strains, is that, first of all, you don't get high if you do a proper microdose. And secondly, over time, it's going to rewire your brain, your clarity, your brain focus, your creativity, your stamina, your interest in doing workouts that you maybe would have never done. I started going to the weightlifting section of the gym. Wow. And that is something I would never have done ever in my life. And I'm 63 years old. So it it automatically makes you prone to move and do things that you resist doing normally. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy and good things. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I, Sophia, I don't know if you want to give sort of your own testimonial. Yeah, on, to... the, on the mushroom, on the functional mushrooms first and then the, the, the psychedelics that Kate has touched on. On the functional mushroom side, I'm 50 years old and was having severe anxiety <laughs> and also just restlessness and moodiness because of menopause, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when we kicked off the whole mushroom coffee thing, I, and I also started microdosing, so I did the combo of functional mushroom and then the microdosing. Guess what happened? What happened? I leveled out. <laughs> and I don't have hot flashes. You're sleeping better? I'm sleeping so much better. My moods are like, mm. you know, I'll, I do mumble every once in a while. Lack of sleep you can know. be, I think, the, I can, lack yeah. of yes. sleep can be something that can just make people be crazy. Right. And then you think they're crazy, but really, they just need sleep. Yeah. And then I've also noticed, because I am in the business world, and I'm an executive for another company as well, and I do data analysis, blah, 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 blah. things that were kind of like foggy. Yeah. I became like, psh, really? Whoa, with the numbers. That's the number one thing I notice is yeah. brain clarity. Brain, brain clarity. clarity. Yeah. 
And that has not dissipated. It is still there with me. You know, you think like over time your body will like start adjust to, to it adjust or... to it, blah, blah, blah. But I'm noticing like these spikes where I'm just quick-witted, on my feet, and I have this like zing and energy that I haven't had before. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I want to mention something else about the yeah. microdosing is mm-hmm. that I only and ever did it every other day. And then I would quit for three months to see if the effects still felt. And dang, if they just don't. You, it doesn't, like, go away. You don't get unbrain clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Correct. I was right about that. Yeah, and then I'm like Sister Kate, you know, the whole weights and lifting and working out and everything. That just, like, transported me to a whole new place as well. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I feel like I have been able to push myself harder and move to a healthier sense of self than ever before. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have done this much sooner in my lifetime, you know, but thankfully at least you I found, found it, it at 50. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so well, and it, it would take all these other things, like 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 we're saying, like the legalization of marijuana and everything else for yeah. even these other things, like like shrooms and psychedelics, you know, yeah. to start being like, oh, maybe we can look into these and, and when, you know, in the 70s, 80s, they just yeah. put them all in the same category. yeah. yeah. And I have I have done a couple trips, if you will, under just it's just while camping or whatever, once on my birthday and once like in February of this year, just to just to resolve a few things mm-hmm. for myself, like some chords that were just sort of flitting around from familial, mm-hmm. you know, things yeah, that I yeah. needed to get over, mm-hmm. and I and I just I just wasn't able to get over them fast enough. It just they seemed to linger. Yeah. Wow. Helped you out. Super. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's for everyone. I'm just no, saying that. I don't that think anybody should do that unless no. they have a shaman or a doctor yes. with them. Correct. You're very yeah, yeah. trusting. I would never And do I was it. with a friend who knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I had someone there with me. Yeah, yeah. So I think it just, it just depends on the person and their, you know, belief system and, and, and what they ingrain themselves with. But to Kate's point, I super encourage everyone if they are headed in that direction to have and some also if somebody good, tells you oh sorry go ahead. no it's okay just, just to have someone good there as a yeah. shaman or, or and if know, somebody tells you like two or three grams of uh, <laughs> psilocybin mushrooms is a mica dose no no Hurt them. Micah yeah. yes. Punch, punch them. them. Yeah. Punch just them. Say punch like, them. You don't hurt yeah. them because That's not they're a messing micro. with no. you. It's not a microdose. That is for me two to three grams will microdose me for two months. So, or maybe three months. So that's, you're taking small little pieces and Ayurvedic medicine says you should chew it. Maybe some people don't like to, but we're doing the whole mushrooms now and chewing them because one of the other things is because people are putting them, powderizing them and putting them in capsules and shipping them through the post office, that industry has a lot of fraud already. So people mm. are saying they're yeah. selling psilocybin, uh, they're selling yeah. tomato like, paste powder or something. Yeah, like they just put whatever name. in there. Yeah. So for that reason, we've gone to acquiring or growing our own mushrooms. Starting in like October, November, we're going to be selling spore kits so people can grow their own at home. That's awesome. And so the that, that idea kind of came through your guys' own experience. Yes, because it. we can't sell them the uh, psilocybin, and but we think that's important for legal, microdosing. Right? But spores are legal, and we can have them choose from, like, we'll have two functional mushrooms and two psilocybin mushrooms mm-hmm. for them to choose which one they want inoculated. But people have to know and not make our newbie mistake. 
is that once you once we inoculate and ship, yeah. you got like three weeks to get that baby going. Yeah. Don't let it sit in the closet, or you end up with that was me. Just gross stew in a bag. <laughs> so uh, like it won't it won't grow. It has like a shelf no, life. Basically. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Once we inoculate, you, you have three weeks from when you get so it. Which, what is inoculate exactly? Sorry. Uh, the spores, the strain of that spore gets through uh, a syringe. Mm-hmm. Uh, poked into the plastic bag that has certain coconut shells and water and stuff of the perfect plastic bag environment. And then you shoot that in there and then you seal it up and you ship it to them. And then when they get it, they have to cut it open or shake the bag, open it, sprinkle it. I'm not making a baby. So is this a lot of trial and error by you guys? (laughs) We're in the middle of doing it right now. Okay, gotcha. I think I might have even said that all wrong. So we're just figuring it out right now. (laughs) Okay, no, I was just curious because I I remember you guys had told me about this. tell. Like, I think you shake it or you open it. You do something with it. No, no, no. So you're in the process. You're getting ready to launch that. Yes, we are. And we're playing with them ourselves right now. That's cool. And we're trying to figure it out. That's cool. Uh, it goes hand in hand with the marijuana. And then so you guys see you guys only use grow CBD plants, right? Or yes. The, yes. And so your guys' plants have a very strong uh, percentage of CBD, right? Yes. Well, Com- yes. Well, compared to, I mean. Yes. Well, yes. that's what we try for. What we're trying is like a 12 to 15 percent CBD and a 1 percent or less THC. That's the strains we're always growing for yeah. because that's best for our salves and for our tinctures and our oils. If we get something that's like 3% THC, we can still use it. But what we do is we say we dilute it with other hemp that's even lower in THC mm-hmm. and mix it and send it to the lab and to make sure we get the compliant test. Okay, gotcha. And what is the, what under THC does it have to be? 0.3% THC. Okay, 0.3%. Well, that's like, yeah. No. That's like an international standard yeah. for shipping. Oh, okay. And that, that's why that's, you guys can That's why worldwide. we do it. We want to ship worldwide. Yeah. We go by UN standards and the UN set that before the US did. Oh, really? So 0.3 was the UN's definition of hemp, and that's and what we want. Are there some countries where you guys can't ship to then? Well, we, for, until the pandemic, we, the answer was no, there's no place we can't ship to. We use the U.S. Postal Service, and they're the biggest drug delivery service on the planet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people listening in like, yeah. <laughs> what happened with the pandemic and before the pandemic even, I think in 2019, as soon as Canada, Canada was 15% of our sales. And then as soon as Canada legalized CBD growing and made a legal path within their country, they outlawed anybody shipping in it. And then that happened with Germany. And then it happened with Australia. Yeah. And then it happened to, I don't know, Russia. Russia blocked our product. We were shipping into Russia for a very long time. Wow. And um, so one by one, I think the war in the Ukraine might have had something to do with that. <laughs> Maybe. But, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> and one by one, we've now got a list of about 10 or 12 countries yeah. we can't ship to. But there's still hundreds of countries we do ship to mm-hmm. with no problem. Yes. Dang. That's wild. And then so, speaking of other countries, so you guys have different enclaves in different places, right? Yeah, we're trying. We were we were like really pumping before the pandemic. Yeah. And, and then, then so we were up to like 33. I think we mm-hmm. had 24 sisters and like seven brothers in yeah. our between all of our enclaves. And now I don't I don't know the count. But also um the sisters in Mexico don't have a central place to live yet. So until they do, we just consider them all satellite sisters. Mm-hmm. And they spend a lot of time rotating out of up, coming up here, working for us yeah. for a time, working for product to take back and fuel their store. 
and they probably got eight there that are yeah. ready to uh, to find and live together and move in together and settle. Oh, there's settle. eight of them now. There's eight of okay, them. Okay, yeah, I was thinking I've only met Luna and then we've only met yeah. like four or five of them, I think, that have been up here. I've so there's a couple three. more. Anyway, and then and then we've got the four sisters in the Nordic countries. We did have Sister Maria in New Zealand, but she decided to come here and work with us. <laughs> and we have Sister Flora, who's in Brazil, who's really just doing... A- Sister Flora in Brazil is the first Brazilian citizen to get her cannabis card, to get medical permission to how, grow. How, medical, because yo. she's got anxiety <laughs> or other issues. I don't know, but she got it. She went through the process with the lawyers and whatever to get legal permission just to grow. Just had to so jump growing. through a whole bunch she of She can't do, do commerce. It. They can't do any commerce yeah. in Brazil yet, but the, she's hooked up with sisters or potential sisters who are all in filmmaking and activism who will help oh. change the message. So she, basically the sisters that are trying to start enclaves in each country, it all has to be different. Like in Sweden, cannabis is heroin still. Yeah. And so what are we going to do in Sweden? That's so oh, wild. she's trying to get our like brand crazy. in a brewery because if the Swedes are going to just keep drinking beers for the next 20 years, yeah. we might as well get our name on a brewery and a microbrewery. So that's what the sisters are working on oh, there. Really? We can't change the world. We have to take it as it is. Yeah. And money fuels and we don't beg for money. So we work for our money. So if she can get our label going in Sweden on beer and the Swedes like their beer over cannabis, oh, who are we to judge? Mm-hmm. But Every sisterhood in every place kind of has to do its own thing. Right now, Sister Marilyn and Brother Joel in Wisconsin are burning it up selling Delta 8 products. Just burning it up. And, so, and there are Delta 8 deliveries. And service. Delta 8's legal all in the United States, right? I guess so. And what what is the difference from Delta 8? Because, yeah, I, I've, I've smoked it before, and it's like... It gets you high still, you know what I mean? That's why I'm confused by it. Like I don't understand, and somehow if we offered Delta 8 products by ourselves, we would probably lose our credit card processing because they've reached out and said, do any of your products have Delta 8? And I said, mm. no, and then they're like, okay, MasterCard, Visa, or whomever, or the compliance people. So, But in Wisconsin, they're protected. But I think uh, that Wisconsin is saying, like, we're not going to allow any THC, but we're going to allow Delta 8. And then that gives them, they get to be the Delta 8 people. Yeah. Because I, I just, my, my, my buddy told me one time, he was like, oh, you can buy it in smoke shops and stuff. And then I was just like, that's so, it just doesn't make sense to me when. Do you know what I heard that is happening? This is very weird. And it's trippy. And it kind of blew my head. So I'm going to, y'all well, ready? Let's, yes, yeah, let's hear it. I heard that people are taking bottles of our CBD. Just say it's our regular CBD oil. Say it's our double strength and it's got a thousand milligrams of CBD. It probably has like 90 milligrams of THC. So people are just dropping the CBD label. This is happening in our industry. I have consultants telling me I should do this. This is where I hear this kind of stuff. And just putting 90 milligrams of THC on the bottle and selling the THC component of it and selling them and shipping into states where THC and where it's illegal because it's under the 0.3% threshold. It's fine. But instead of saying it's it's 1,000 milligrams of CBD, you're saying it's 90 or 100 milligrams of THC, THC, which is true. But who would do it? It's an opposite. It's kind of, it's so trippy to me. People here would know. It blew my mind because, like, wait, what? We go the other way. We try to downplay (laughs) What? Why would you want to flag anybody that you have THC? And yet, if I were in Missouri 
or somewhere where it's hard to get THC. Mm-hmm. And I saw that I might be like, okay, oh, whatever. Yeah. It's got THC. I'll take, take some. It. Yeah. I don't know. It seems bizarre. But the, I, it, it makes sense for those states. But like for California, like California doesn't make sense. And, and so also us, Delta like, 8 doesn't make sense that? to us because we're full spectrum people. Yeah. Like why would we want Delta Polar. 8 when like, we could smoke our weed that gives us everything? Yeah, and or have our pure plant oil that so has full that spectrum. People, you can like pull pull the components mm, yeah. out, but you got to leave it up to mankind to really mess with yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like they are going to figure out a way to tear it apart yeah. just, and then put it back together and charge you more for the honor that they just tore it all apart yeah. and now put it back together. Well, and it was funny when uh, we were on the green tour. Uh, Lindsay, she like she doesn't smoke or anything, but uh, she had never been in dispensary since they were legalized until until the green tour. So she walked in and she was like. What like that's like what it looks like? I'm like yeah, it's like a dispensary. It's like a, a like they're a all candy just, shop. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a dispensary. Like they have yeah. a lot of things. She was like, but there's like drinks and there's like candy bars and then all these edibles and then any wax and you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Like the choices. Yeah, it's the, a million choices. I always say I don't. I'm not a fan of hardware stores for that very reason. <laughs> Too many choices. I like little hardware stores, but not great big ones. Yeah, yeah. Like Home Depot was very overwhelmed. I go in <laughs> yeah, there right. and I'm already overwhelmed. I'm already overwhelmed with all the blitzy. <laughs> Clamoring, the, the labeling, these people go crazy to make their labeling stand out. So you've got, you know, I bling. Mm, yeah. Blowing yeah. at you, right? There's so much Overload. of it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And you guys, do you guys remember the very first time you got high? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was it like? It was in Michigan. It wasn't legal yet. And I lost my ever loving because it wasn't clean weed oh. it was awful when it came to california and then i and then i was like no i'm not doing this never anymore. gonna do it huh? no no i was like i'm not doing this until i get to like some weed that is good ass weed sorry like good i know that's source right yeah came to california oh. change your mind yes. instantly yeah i would my mind hadn't changed i just knew that it, it whatever couldn't trust you, it. you couldn't, couldn't trust, trust it. it yeah so Coming to California was like, heck yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I only remember the first time I failed at getting high from weed. And that was me and four other pom-pom girls at halftime in the parking lot across from the high school where it was two below zero. There was ice. Oh, my god! And gosh. we had two one joint zero. that was probably smuggled up somebody's butt from Mexico. <laughs> and one joint between the five of us. And I remember that we all took, like, a hit and, like, sputtered a little bit and then sat there and then went, didn't do anything for me. Didn't do anything for you. No, nothing for me. Nothing for me. Where's the Boone's Farm wine? And then we just proceeded to get Drink drunk because we had nothing. <laughs> and I thought it was the lamest stuff. I, I remember saying to my brother, oh, my gosh, whoever hypes that stuff, they're crazy. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> like this nothing. Is- what it is. Yeah. But you know, 100, I mean, two degrees outside, it's yeah. freezing out. Your body is like, yeah. You got five girls sharing one joint that was stolen from an older brother, and she probably like took half and put his joint back together and her joint. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, whatever. It was <laughs> failed. I don't think I tried again until I was 22 or 23. Uh, gotcha. And how about you, Sister Maria? Yeah, I was quite young with the neighbor, and we just decided to sneak some from my brother and roll it up and smoke it, and we got 
got high and had a good giggle. Mm-hmm. And was New Zealand always like so when you were like like when you're like that young, mm-hmm. was their stance on it like it now has it gotten worse their stance on marijuana or like their I just I wasn't aware. I mm-hmm. guess um I caught my brothers getting my mum high and I remember coming out and all she could do was go, oh, can I make you a cup of tea, darling? Would you like some tea? Tea, anybody? And I was like, what is wrong with mum? And they're like... (laughs) And so that's how I knew and that's how I wanted to try some. That's cool. That's really cool. I'm telling you, I I hope Hollywood does a good job of covering the stories. I was on a flight. I remember this is back 20 years ago and I'm a flight from Paris back to New York. And there's a young girl sitting next to me. And I had said that I happened to be in Amsterdam. She was studying some French summer course. She was like 18 years old. And um, she said, I said, did you get to Amsterdam? And she said, no, but my friends went there and got some weed. And she said, I had never seen it. I had never smelt it. I, my mother's a physician and my father is a psychiatrist. And I'm an only child from upstate New York. So I had never been around it. But she said when they brought it back from Amsterdam and opened it and I went into the room, I went, that's my mother's top drawer smell. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, she called her mother and said, mother, you've been smoking weed my whole life. And she goes, oh, honey, I knew one day you'd find out. (laughs) That's my mom's top drawer smell. That's hella funny. Oh, that's really good. And then, so what? So we talked a lot, kind of about where you guys came from and everything like that. So, what have you guys got going on besides the mushroom grow kits? What else? What else have you guys been up to recently? Do you guys have some film people take pictures of you recently or no? Well, we had BBC World. Oh, yeah, that's what BBC it was. World other, then. yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! We had BBC and World. they gave us like ten days' notice, so just enough time to clean every shed and every <laughs> surface and every place because we didn't know where those cameras were going to go. Um, but anyway, we were excited to have them. Mm-hmm. And it was exciting because uh, they took the clue that I offered that the story of Merced is far more interesting than the story of the sisters mm-hmm. and that they should go visit a Main Street dispensary because the sheriff's department insisted it would be the end of the world. And it's not. It's been good for Merced. Yeah. Merced's got park money and Merced's never looked better. Yeah, and yeah. that they should go to a Main Street dispensary and that I would arrange for a chief of police who's pro-cannabis to be there. And I did. A city council member who's pro-cannabis, and I did. And a dispensary owner, obviously, from Main Street to be there. So BBC yeah. went from our place to them and then extended their stay here an extra day because the police chief talked him into going to Gustine to visit a big grow, a proper grow, they say, compared to our little weenie grow. <laughs> it's the middle of the podcast. You're probably thinking about that giant pile of junk in your backyard. Where, hey, that's where Scott Levesey comes in with Be Junk Free Merced. Everybody has stuff that's taken up space, but not everybody has the time or equipment to do something about it. And that's where Scott comes in. If you have junk overtaking your garage, yard, that spare room, or even a storage unit, go ahead and give them a call at 209-233-1519. Once again, that's 209-233-1519. He'll get you an estimate, and he'll make the process go as smooth and easy as possible. Thanks again, Scott. This podcast is brought to you by Thor. If you're in the Central Valley area and you're looking to get a tattoo, look no further than this dude right here. He's a versatile artist that specializes in black and gray realism. He's located in Merced at the Merced Tattoo and Piercing Company. And if you'd like to get in contact with him, please reach out to him on Instagram. That's at underscore Thor with five E's or stop by the shop in the beginning of the month. And that's the best way you guys can make an appointment. Thanks again, Thor. 
This podcast is brought to you by Wooten Personal Training. You won't find the answer in a cute pair of leggings or in that new protein shake, but you will find it during your time at Wooten Personal Training. Justin empowers clients to identify their wellness goals and adjust their lifestyle to make health a priority and a reality. Justin offers one-on-one personal training as well as small group training in a studio in downtown Merced. He just launched a very new membership program, and if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to contact Justin at 209-500-7323. Once again, that's 209-500-7323, or find him on Instagram at Wooten Personal Training, and you can even email him, Training at gmail.com. Thanks again, Justin. But, you know, they're doing they're doing big THC <laughs> yeah, grows, yeah. and we're making our steps. And yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they ended up staying a full day with their crew extra to go to Gustine. That's awesome. And I, so I was real, and, and, I, and it was so gratifying to me. This is how far we have come. Do you know that eight years ago, I would have thought the idea of having a police chief and a city council member that I, you know, they, girl, you're doing too much drugs, put down the weed. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I really wouldn't have thought that was possible. And then here, all I had to do is send some texts and say, hey, the BBC's coming. I think it would be more interesting for them to interview you than us. Mm-hmm. And would you talk to them? And these people were all like, there, right? Oh, I'll be there. That's awesome. Brilliant. And that's crazy, like the... and. So you guys have media that comes, you know, from time to time to you guys. And it's probably so BBC was like willing to take your actual like advice. That, yes. You're like, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, because you say sometimes people come and you're like, we don't know what story they're going to write don't about know. us. We you don't know. know. I mean? We don't know what their take is and, and everything right. else. So it's cool to see that, like, you know, you've been around like long enough that people are like actually like, oh, like, let's let's actually yes. check out what she's what she's yes. talking about. Yes. Well, the producer was traveling a lot before she came, so she was like, yeah, I'll take the help if you don't mind. And I'm scooted in there and, and arranged it, so I think she's going to have a better story. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. And then, so your relationship with, like, uh, with like, so when, when you first started, you had to have security at your house, you know, at all the times. You had to, like, make sure because people were always coming to, like, they were categorizing you growing CBD, the same thing as if you're growing yes. a whole bunch of THC plants, right? Yes. And so how, how, did, how did you, now you have a good relationship, you know, with them. So how did that kind of come to be? Yeah, I have, um, I think that, well, we pay a lot of taxes in a normal year, non-pandemic year. Um, we pay, if we do a million dollars in sales, we pay one hundred forty to 160000 in taxes between our payroll taxes and our income taxes and all the sales tax and all the different levels of taxes that we pay. And whenever the neighbors get their plants ripped, and they ask us why ours aren't. I always ask them, are you paying taxes? Because we pay a shitload. Yeah. And to me, that is the difference. And I think they looked beneath the covers. They figured out that we were just a bunch of women trying to make our salves and tinctures in a spiritual environment, not working with anything psychoactive. So uh, in the early days, I was followed. And all the product, product coming in and product going out was seized and tested by the sheriff's department and the police department of Merced. Um, that was at the beginning. As soon as they got the test back that said, it's hemp. There's no narcotics yeah, here. Yeah. Then they kind of all backed off. And it's uh, all been okay. sort of an easy ride. What we experience is that we're treated really well in towns where cannabis has brought tax money. And in the towns resisted it, we'll, people will cross the street not to run into us. Really? And do, do people, like, know like, when you're walking around, they know who you are? You know what I mean? Some people do, some people don't when you're in your... 
I think uh, people mostly know who we are around here. I mean, even we as far as San Francisco, we walked into a restaurant in San Francisco mm-hmm. and we yes. immediately heard immediately. Sisters of the Valley, Sisters of the Valley, Sisters of yeah. the Valley. Damn, we're kind of out of our little All the Catholic Italians there. came out to oh, greet really? us. Oh, really? Yes. It was really cute. So, um, I mean, I think we're <laughs> I think we're pretty well known around here. Yeah. And then I was going to speak on the Catholics. Do you mind sharing the story about the... Catholic oh nun. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's gonna come out because I'm. I get the car's been seized. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that's all I ended up hearing is that you told me two that. Years later. Yeah, two years later they told you. Yeah. So, um, well, the way this went down is COVID broke out in like March of 2020. And when, I don't know where you guys are when you got the news, but I was on the treadmill and the young guy says to me, you, the governor says you have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? The governor left a message for me? <laughs> no, everybody. And then, and then so it, already by about the middle of May, so people went on unemployment to stay home. And so my people who were used to making four or five or $600 a week were suddenly getting paid by the government 900 a week to stay home. Remember oh, the yeah. massive amount uh, trust of Trust me, I know. I was getting okay. that. It was beautiful. It was nice. It really eased the pain for all of us. You yeah. can throw money at problems sometimes, and it worked because we were all freaking out. And, yeah. and that was a way of the government saying, don't freak out. We're going to take care of you. And so I thought it was super cool. But at the same time, the government gave us uh, what they call PPP funds, payroll protection funds. So about the middle of May, I announced to everybody that they have to come back to work. And that's because the government gave the business $100,000 to spend just on payroll. But the idea is you don't take that money from the government and then leave your people on unemployment. The people have, they gave it to me. So I call my people off of unemployment. Yeah. So you have to come off of, sorry guys, your 900 a week is going back to a regular salary and you have to come back. So Sister Sierra who's a Catholic, who, is, who spent like 17 years as a Catholic nun. Um, Sister Sierra said to me in front of everyone, oh, no, uh, we're allowed to have unemployment for 16 more weeks. I've looked it up. And I said, yeah, I know you're allowed to have unemployment for 16 weeks, but you're not going to have unemployment for 16 weeks because we're all going back to work. One week later, she stole a car and ran away. May 21st of 2020, she stole a car and ran away. So I didn't care much because she was making the payments on the damn car. Even though it was in my name, she was making the payments. I had put the down payment on it. Yeah. And it was for her. It was supposed to be her car. But her credit was so bad and ripped up that I just bought it or co-signed or yeah. whatever I had to do, put the down payment down, and she was making the payments. So when she stole the car, I'm like, oh, well, she's making the payments. Why should I do anything about it? Like, it's on my credit report, but she's making the yeah, payments. it's actually helping me out. two years, <laughs> she made the payments. And then in February of this year, she quit making the payments. And so I had to get a lawyer, and I had to pay off her the payments that she didn't make, but the car's been impounded, and it's going to be heading back to Merced in the next couple of weeks. Really? Yes. <laughs> Man, full circle there. That's yes. the story of the stolen car. Well, but then how, how does a, how, like, so a Catholic nun joined your guys' enclave yeah. for a while. How does that happen? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that my happen. question. Yeah, I, yeah. Someone should be held responsible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's like so wild to me. She reached out to me and she mm. was in North Carolina and she seemed very sweet and very like put upon by society and uh, very relatable. And, uh, you know, it sincerely made me believe that ever since she left the Catholic Church, she'd been looking for a place, a sisterhood that was not like the Catholics, but something similar. 
And so anyway, we helped her. We did a GoFundMe to build our yurt. That was $14,000 to build that. But the GoFundMe raised seven. I was curious, would the public pay for an ex-Catholic nun to come across the country and live in California with the weed nuns? And it turned out they paid $7,500 in about 30 days. And when I raised that money in 30 days, then I said, okay, the business will pay the other half. Let's get her here. And we brought her here. And for yeah. two years, she seemed to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. For two years, she seemed to be very happy. Um, people develop weird relationships, though, and she had a very close bond with Sister Alice. Mm-hmm. And when Sister Alice left, um, basically to head to Florida to help her father, I don't think she was right kind of after that. It was difficult for her, and she never really adjusted. Mm-hmm. Um, but no longer our problem. We're getting the car back. Yeah. I- and my credit repaired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Down one, but up a car, so, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we're not set up. I say this, we're not set up. The the women that come that make it work with us are the ones who know how to take an opportunity and turn it into a healing adventure for them. If you don't know how to do that and you try to turn me into your mother or any of us into your mother, which seems to be a common theme with the ones who leave, they're looking for some unconditional love that they didn't get Mm -hmm. growing up, and they're expecting it from us when we're like, Bitches, we're just trying to live together in <laughs> harmony, <laughs> live so alone quiet. together. Well, is it, were there the younger ones generally? No, it's actually sure. the older ones oh. are worse than the younger ones. Mm-hmm. I think it's more even common with the mm-hmm. older ones. There's the more younger. trauma. Yeah. Yes. Wow, yeah. really? Yes. And so that's tough. And uh, But it's like, no, we're not equipped for that. We need a certain level, a certain emotional IQ, a certain functionality, because we're a growing enclave, and you don't... One day, I hope we're so big... And that we have sisters in every country, and that we can be the rescue team for people, and that for women and and men who've been put upon, that we can have places that we can accept people no matter what, no matter how broken they are. I would love that, but you can't build uh, an a, an empire on that. You yeah. can't build it, and we're not there. We're still struggling to support ourselves and support our growth, so we can't be brought down. I do have this functional rat theory, though. You guys shared it with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the study because proving that the scientists were all wrong about drugs by putting this college kid turned his apartment into Rat Park. And he got 10 functional rats of all different ages in Rat Park. And he had all kinds of things for the rats to do. He had water and bridges and they could have sex and they could play and they could gnaw on wood and do things. And then he put a meth drip in the Rat Park and a water, next to a water drip, and all of the Rat Park residents tried the meth drip one time and never went back to it again. Then he put a meth-addicted rat in there, and the meth-addicted rat weaned himself in three days. And so the conclusion is that if you have lots of interesting things to do and lots of purpose, you're going to leave the drugs alone. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that any one enclave of 10 sisters can absorb a one broken sister. If you have 10 functional rats, you can take one dysfunctional <laughs> rat. And you don't have to put a lot of energy into healing. That's yeah. all I'm saying. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And like you're saying, bringing people in and helping them. And so you guys uh, you guys often talk about the benign, or was it benign? Beguines. Beguines, sorry, the, the beguines. And so kind of talk about your relationship and like, you know what I mean, with, with, with that. Well, the, we... So our ba- we have like eight core beliefs, and they were formed by looking at when was the last time in history that it was legal and okay 
to put Mother Earth at the center of your spiritual practices and randomly chose the year 800 because it was before the Gutenberg Bible and it was before Christianity. The Inquisitions kind of started up in the 800s. And also Catholic nuns were formed in the 880s after the Inquisition had gotten going. So to me, St. Scholastica, the first Catholic nun, would not have taken a vow of poverty and lived on a mountainside far as secluded from society had the Inquisition not already got underway. And it was a mean, rough world Mm -hmm. coming at the people. So we looked at the year 800 and looked at what were the beliefs of the Native Americans of this land that we are farming on and we live on right now, and what were the beliefs of the Beguines in the castles of Europe, who were the first organized nurses in the castles of Europe. And they were known for their excellence, and they were known for their healing and their soaps, and they kept, always were farm women, but they kept a store in the castles. They were like on the grid, off the grid kind of women, and that's why we aspire to be like them. The top eight beliefs, there were eight of their 12 beliefs. So I looked at the Native Americans' top 12 beliefs of the year 800 to the best that historians know, and the beliefs of the Beguines and the castles of Europe in the year 800, and their top 12 beliefs, and eight of them overlapped. We adopted those for our own. Oh, okay. And so, so our core beliefs start with organizing our lives by the cycles of the moon. The second one is a belief that there's a, a mystical, magical other side and that we don't get to know that necessarily, and there you can put your creator God. Yeah. That's actually three. Number two is the second core belief is that our special ability to speak and our special human intelligence gives us a special obligation to the planet. So that's our number two. We demoted God and the magic curtain to number three. Mm-hmm. Because we actually think the organizing your lives by the moon cycle and the believing in your special obligation to the planet are at this time more important than praying to invisible God. Yeah. And so forth. And then, well, we might as well go through them all, right? No, I'm not going through them no. all. <laughs> <laughs> no? No, no, you no. You have to go no, on Patreon no. or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You can, you can find some videos where you talk about it all and everything else. That's funny. What did you, what did you guys have there? Nothing. Oh, just... this is the book of the Begins. The bo- oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Of the new Begins. Well, this they're is... in there. They're all in but, here. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, no worries, no yeah. worries. You got the important ones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, ladies, I anything else you guys want to talk about right now? Uh, we've launched some new products. Yeah, yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk about that. So our new uh, pet oil... Uh, the press release is going out on that tomorrow, actually. Yes. Oh, it's so, like this. This will be a little bit, yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Kate. Oh, so I shouldn't even talk about the timing of that. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. So this pet oil, we have super CBD or super strength, super I should strength. say. Yeah. That's super not CBD. out yet. That's not out yet, but we're working on that. And yeah. so, how much stronger is that one compared? to So our most strong now is our double strength. That's a thousand milligrams of CBD in a two ounce bottle. That's three thousand milligrams in a two ounce. Oh. We basically did a price comparison and analysis, and we're yeah. very scientific. And then we could look at what the industry was offering. We're like, hell, yeah. everybody else has gone up in theirs, mm. and we need to go up in ours. Yeah. We need to have a three thousand milligram. So we've got a pet oil. We've got a CBD plus oil. We have that we have gel caps in CBD plus form. Oh, our gel caps have gone vegan now, so that's all very exciting because, like, all the we will be all vegan except beeswax. We have to use beeswax in our salve, but all our other products will be vegan. And we don't know how to make our salve without beeswax, so yeah, we just and we we have upgraded our salves using the the newer beeswax. We're nice to the bees, though. Yeah, we house a lot of bees, and um. And then we're working on kits. We want, look, at the, you'll find this interesting. Yeah. At the request of the Catholic nuns, 
Oh, really? Here we they go. Want, yes, Marie and I were who there. Who thought we'd talk we about that so much? They <laughs> want sprout and shoot kits. They want us to make kits with seeds because really? the sprouts, the little wormy sprouts that first happen mm-hmm. before you actually put it in the cup, those have highly powerful healing properties, according to the Catholic nuns, mm-hmm. who I believe. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they're not known to lie. Yeah, yeah. And, and they like the fresh shoots. So they want us to develop a sprout and shoot kit with our seeds so that people can do it at home. The same thing we're doing with the mushroom spore kits, like encouraging people to make that. How own. do you guys start talking with the Catholic nuns? Well, I've been talking to Sister Kay for a very long time. For like five years ago, she sent a Christmas gift of some clay goddesses from Africa <laughs> and, uh, and a card saying that the work we do, uh, you know, that we get to do the work that they would do if they weren't inside the patriarchy, that kind of thing. So wow. she's been following me for some time. I use her sort of as my personal advisor because she ran a very large enclave. Now she's retired and oh. she has time to talk to me about it. And but the, she's not the only one. There's been other ones, but she's probably the one we're closest to. And she's the one who sort of uh, she's very active with the other nuns. Yeah. And they're all aging. So they all care about Isn't sprouts the average and age things like that. Years? Yeah, they're all aging yeah. and they all care about anything that makes you feel youthful. And uh, mushrooms and raw, cannabis raw, are raw all yeah, things that butt, help yeah. you. Uh, feel better and more youthful and have more energy. Wow. I'm yeah. I'm just Yeah, I know. I would have never guessed this. Like if I was to predict this would be Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I would not have seen that coming. And they're yeah. working side by side or it's, not really yeah. but a little bit. But women Quite support women. Yeah. And mm. like I really haven't come across any uh, Merced Sun Star had to reach as far as Poland to get a quote against us from a Catholic nun. That was in 2016. <laughs> really? But they didn't see, they should have seen me when I saw that plastic Polish nun says we nuns should shut up and go home or something yeah, like yeah. that. I was so thrilled. I'm like, wow. Poland. Yeah. They had to go to Poland <laughs> to get a weed nun to talk about, I mean, a real nun to talk about, a Catholic nun to talk against us. So anyway. Yeah, You're no. like, we got our own right now, actually. You know right, I mean? right. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, in general, like we've run into a protest Buddhist nuns that are in San Francisco. And we've run into Catholic nuns who are out of uniform going incognito. That's what I accuse them of yeah, at yeah. the protests. And they're always very supportive. They take like two seconds to figure out who we are. And they're very supportive. Never had them say the people who get mad at us interestingly enough, our old Christian pastors and priests. They're the ones that like to call and give us, yeah. you know. Their mind. Yes, huh? yes. <laughs> wow, that's 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 interesting. So we got some CBD, so not double. What's the new one? Super Strength? Super Strength. Super, Super Strength. strength. Yes. And we got CBD Plus and we got pet oil. And then soon by Christmas, we hope to have the sprout kits and the mushroom spore kits, kits on the store. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I love your salve so much. Your salve and then this oil. What is this one? That's the double strength, right? Or no, is that just the regular it's strength? It's the right 500. But, but, but I mean, I have multiple of, yeah. of them. They're of so Yeah, good. the salve is definitely still our bestseller mm. to this day. Uh, I think our top We have upgraded that one. And so is that one going to get, you guys going to do one with more in that no, one No, that one or? is, yes. Well, actually what we're doing is we're putting more of the raw plant medicine in there. So you're not, right now you're just getting the cooked in the traditional recipe. So we're upgrading it with the raw medicine. And we upgraded the beeswax, yeah. right? Yeah. We're just beeswax sort of upgrading so the ingredients mm-hmm. to make it better because 
You know, it's a seven-year-old product. We just got to make it better. Yeah, no, exactly. Got to develop, just like everything else. You right, know what you I can't mean? stay sad. Yeah, exactly. You got to, right. just like this podcast, how we finally got new gear and stuff like yeah, that. Got a studio cool and everything. Great, Mike. Th- dude, th- thank you so much. And that's because last time Sister Sophia came on, it was just in my room, yes. at, at a room in my house. You know what I mean? And so, yes. so now it's cool to see, like, you know, yeah. the progression and evolution. And that's why, you know, even from when I've been around you guys, I can see that you're you're progressing and you know evolving. You know what I mean with the different thank products. It's always things. different. The sisters always say when they travel, don't be gone for more than a week because everything no, changes. No, it all changes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. And where can people Super find evolution. your guys' stuff at? Sistersofvalley.org. Or. or weednuns.com. Either one gets you. Oh, really? Weednuns.com? Oh, we've, yeah, we, we've always com. had weednuns.com. As soon as the media gave it to us, we didn't know whether to be offended so, or not. Yeah, but we just decided to do what anyone else did. Yeah, take the domain name. Weed nuns. So, so who do you remember? Who first called you guys weed nuns? It was someone. It was the media. I don't remember. Just somebody who. in the media. And yeah. then when you're like, hey, that's actually a yeah. Pretty yeah. We, catchy. we kind of we kind of went ew, and then we went boom. Mm. <laughs> 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 and, and we're like, okay, we'll take it. Well, and then and then because then people hear that because Sisters of the Valley, you're like, oh, what is that? You know right, what I mean? Right. But weed nun, you're like, yeah. Is that just you a can't nun confuse us weed? with the Catholic nuns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's just not confusing at all. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. I truly, thank truly you, appreciate Micah. it. Of course, of course, I enjoyed this conversation. So, sistersofthevalley.org is where they can find all your guys' products. And uh, thank you guys again. Thank, thank you. you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Hello, everyone. It is officially spooky season. And for this season, I'm going to do a little version of Rhiannon. So, for all you witchy guys and girls out there, this is for you. Dreams on one who loves a state of mind. 
whatnot. Real talk. That's it. Real